This is Prayer Room Companion, episode 43, recorded March 9th, 2011. Salesman needed, apply within. Welcome to This Week in Prayer Room Companion. I am your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And as mentioned last time, Father Dickinson uh, cannot be here this week. So I have once again my illustrious co-hosts. Yay! Renee Miles and Kevin Leach. Oh no! Wait! Yeah. Oh wait! No! Sorry. That works. <laughs> Doyle, Chris said that. <laughs> no, Renee Leach and Kevin Miles, both who also work in the Catholic or the diocesan offices with the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls, are with uh, with me today. Um, we're recording today on Ash Wednesday, so blessed Ash Wednesday to all of you listeners, and also to you, Kevin and Renee. Thank you, sir. Miles or Leach or whoever you are. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, so um, I had proposed actually uh, uh, some time ago when I knew that Father Andrew was going to be around or available today, um, an article uh, or a topic rather um, for to Kevin and Rafe to talk about today, um, and and they said no way. Uh, they didn't want to talk. No, uh, no the, the, the article, um, the topic comes from a, uh, a Pew Forum study that was done sometime in the last year, I think. Uh, uh, actually, a couple of years ago, 2008. Um, about the, basically, well, the Pew Forum, they, they do regular studies about the re- various things about American and Americans in our lives, but, but they often do uh, studies, um, surveys about our religious practices. And uh, this one, um, like some others actually recently, has gotten a lot of attention and a lot of play on the part of, of uh, Catholics, particularly church leaders and scholars and others, uh, because it, it has some notable findings about um, what, what we, how we believe and practice as Catholics. Um, one of the interesting things to me, in a nutshell, uh, in an article by by the Catholic journalist John Allen, he boils it down. Um, it, Allen wrote, to put all, all of this in crass capitalistic terms, in America's highly competitive religious marketplace, the real Catholic problem isn't customer service, but new sales. So our problem is that a customer service, but new sales. So just to contextualize this, and then I'll throw it to you two. Um, <laughs> The, wow. the, or not, or I'll just keep talking for thirty minutes. Um, we, we, some people talk about we, we do a relatively good job of maintenance. Not a great job because we're losing a lot of people, but percentage-wise, compared to other Christians, other traditions, other churches, so to speak, um, we do okay, uh, relatively speaking. The, the, our problem, so to speak, is that we're not good at new sales. And this is something that is sort of near and dear to my heart because of my work, but underneath that, because of my passions, my interests uh, in being Catholic. Before we get into that, though, my particular thing about about this study and the article um, that Alan wrote about it, I want to see what resonated in this article with you guys. Something similar, something different? Well, I find it, I, you know, I found it fascinating that we're at one time there's this kind of split conversation happening there where we were not conservative enough and those had fallen away. The Catholics said the church was not conservative enough. And in another area, it was stating that we were, that they they were leaving the church because of birth control and an abortion stand. Okay. And I thought that was very fascinating. And it really took to me as, is, is it as much, is it the sales of us? What are we saying that the church isn't selling itself well enough on? I mean, to me, I thought that was a pretty good stand that we were we were open enough, but yet also challenging enough that people were questioning 
where they should be. Okay, you lost me in the first part, though, with <laughs> not being conservative. What, what did you mean? Well, there is, I, if I remember right in the article, he makes a statement that um, many were leaving to evangelic areas because the oh. Catholic Church was not oh. conservative yeah, enough. Yeah, 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 right. And I'm going, okay, we're not conservative. The church is not conservative enough. But yet then there's a there's a next part of the research study that shows that that people are leaving the church because of our stand on abortion and birth control. And my summer, I, we're losing people out of both the, to politicize it erroneously, but I will, out of both the left and the right doors. Mm-hmm. And correct, both the right and left doors. And my, my issue is just going, okay, then shouldn't we be, I say, do we sell that? Or, you know, I, when it says we don't advertise ourselves well enough anymore, I say, well, maybe we're advertising ourselves very good and challenging people where they're at. Right. Because it is very much to me, I was going, well, maybe we're doing the right thing. Because I want to challenge the conservative and I want to challenge the liberal. And I want to say this is what we believe. Because really what I read out of there was I'm challenging you in your, in your materialistic, self-centered way of life. Okay. Are you challenged right now? Are you challenged as a Catholic right now? Do you, oh or, yes, I think. But I'm you're not challenged. leaving. No, I. I so granted, yes, I see. I see what you're saying, um, but I also find it interesting that Catholics who will leave early in age come back later in right. age, yeah. and and so I'm looking at those numbers of what that flow is. It is concerning that more are leaving than coming back at that later age. Right. Um, there is something, it'd be interesting to get into the details of the numbers and just say, okay, what is our approach now for this age bracket of people? Because our young people do wander early on and a lot do come back. But when you look at in this article, and I, you know, I'm sure you're going to post it up there too, so people can, a link to this article yep. too, so people can read it. But I thought it was interesting, just the whole Hispanic influx that, that sways our numbers right now and, and oh, right. what happens with those numbers too. Um, uh, so, so yeah, there is an issue, but I, from the article, I didn't get catch on if we're doing the right or the wrong. You see what I'm trying to say? I mean, we're, we're preaching where we we're upsetting the, the left and the right. So is that good? I or? think the appeal to me for the Catholic church is the fact that they're, te- that the teachings don't change. And so you're going to have people that leave because they're too conservative or that they're not conservative enough. But but the fact remains that this is what the teachings of the church are. And there's, for me, there's comfort in that, that mm-hmm. there are, there are going to be no surprises or, or uh, change, you know, in some board higher um, that's going to change what the church teaches and what yeah. the ter- church believes. It's, it is what it is. Right. And, and what, I, what I took from the article, and in fact, I was speaking to a parents group on Sunday in Brandon, and I was doing this little RCI in our catechetical thing and um i i said to him i said you know i just read this article and i threw out some numbers that i remembered from the article at that time i said how are we living our church out in the world today because what it's telling me is that us as catholics who are within the the borders here of the church within the church are not expressing our faith outwardly enough to people to say that you're roman catholic right you know, and that's, I think that's the point you were getting at when I sidetracked you there. <laughs> but, but uh, I mean, I, you know, the challenge was is if this percentage are leaving and this percentage are staying, what are we doing to be Catholic in the public view? I agree. I you know, agree. And, and I said, I, and I challenged him. I said, you know, this next Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. Are you going to wipe the cross off your head or are you going to keep the cross on your head? And that was, I said, that's just one, one way of, of expressing our faith. But what are you going 
what are we going to do as Catholics to approach this? Because it's not a question of, it's not a question of uh, ultimately trying to fix what's within our church or fix what we're saying. It's expressing what we believe so that those who are in the wandering stages can understand that we do have the solid constant teaching, like you're talking about, Renee, and that it is there, and it's something to really anchor ourselves in. Exactly. And I think that, for me, the most discerning, discerning part of the article had more to do with um, why the majority of Catholics left or what age group they they are. And I'm a mother of teenagers. Kevin, you under, you understand mm-hmm. this, too. Um, the average age of kids that are leaving Catholicism is between the eight ages of 18 and 24. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in my mind, you know, my question is, okay, what are you doing to engage that, mm-hmm. that population? Uh, in our diocese, confirmation is at um, 10th grade and that there are a lot of families that believe that after 10th grade, um, the kids have graduated from the church and don't have to be active members in our parishes, and um, they, that couldn't be farther from the truth. Mm-hmm. And what are we doing? I think you know. For me, it's like, what are we doing as a church, as a diocese, to encourage those ch- yeah. those kids to stay anchored in their faith in a time that is very um, morally challenging and mm-hmm. emotionally challenging as they go off and face the world on their own. Yeah, that would. I remember you, Renee and I had talked about that um, after I sent the the article to the, to the two of them. Um, that that it's it's by the time that you're twenty you're twenty four that most people have made their choice whether they're leaving um, for somewhere else or they're going to stay. Um, and that to me, and this course sort of goes back to what 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 struck me about about this article. And 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 sort of be clear to clarify here. So there's the Pew Forum study, and then this article we keep referring to is an article by the Catholic journalist John Allen. Uh, he interviews some of the some of the scholars who were involved in the Pew study um, about wh- what it says about uh, the the Catholic Church in the United States. So going back to the thing that struck me about it's it's not about customer service but new sales. Um, in line with what you were just saying, Renee, I, I think okay, relevance is a dangerous word when it comes to uh, church practice, belief, theology, and so on. Because a lot of times people will try to make things relevant, and I'm doing quotes in the air for the benefit of the <laughs> listeners. Um, we don't need to make the church relevant, but what we do need to do, I think, is demonstrate the relevance of the church. Uh, there's a parallel for me with the truth of the church. We don't need to make the church's teachings true, change them so they're true. They're already, when we talked about the, the, uh, the consolation for you, it is that the teachings remain the same. They're always true. We don't need to make them true, but sometimes we do for ourselves, for family members, for others. We need to show that they're true. Mm-hmm. So it is true. What the church teaches is true. But how do we know it's true? Well, this is how we can. So with relevance, too. The church's teachings are relevant to my life and to the lives of 18 
19, 20, 23, 24 year olds, plus people six in their 60s like you guys. So, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> at least once. We are not once. that old. <laughs> so. But we are with... older than Chris. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, so it's not a matter of making the teachings relevant, but demonstrating their relevance. And to me, that's what the sales is all about. And it does go back with, Kevin, what you were saying uh, to me about by living that. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we can't, you know, there's a, there was a 20th century English uh, Catholic author, um, Frank Sheed, who in Hyde Park, like a lot of people, in Hyde Park in London, people literally get up on soapbox. I don't know if they still do this, but they did decades ago at least. They get up on soapboxes and they just start giving their spiel about whatever it is. Frank Sheed would do that with the Catholic Church. And of course, England being um, Anglican, but not, not just Anglican, somewhat anti-Catholic for a long time, uh, he'd get a lot of back and forth. But he would have to explain and defend what the church teaches. However, in the United States, there is no Hyde Park, really. We, for, for us, it's, it, we do have to, I think, be able to articulate our faith, but we also have to, as you were saying, Kevin, live it. Um, you know, the, the cliches you hear. Uh, if you were put on trial for being Catholic or being yeah. Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? I mean, the degree to which we live our lives. And I think, going to your point, Renee, um, when it comes to teenagers and then early adults, it really, and that's where, you know, we as sort of those who work for the church officially can do some things. I have some responsibility, obviously, my job um, to try to offer things that will be interesting and inviting to to that age group, young adults. Uh, but it does also in many ways, and in our, in our parishes with our youth groups and so on, but it goes back again in many ways to parents. Sorry, guys. I, <laughs> oh, no. I, I knew that was that. coming. You know, I knew that but was it also coming. comes to sound, you know, you know, you talk about it providing program or whatever for young people, but it also provides the opportunity for the church to look at how are we approaching our marriage preparation? You know, I was reading on the marriage covenant uh, last night and, uh, you know, we are to be domestic church. Well, it's within the family of the domestic church that we are to help form them in the Catholic understanding of that. And that's why I look at my 21-year-old, and she's pretty darn solid Catholic. And I'm really happy because, she, I mean, I don't tell her to go to church or anything when she's in college. And, you know, I call her up, and she says, excuse me, Dad, I got to get going because I got to run to Mass. Okay. Now, this is a 21-year-old telling me that she's got to go to Mass. And, and you know, she uses the words gotta, but she understands that it's a privilege for her. And, and, and so, and I keep on going to myself, how did I do that? How did we do that? Is there a magic magic, formula that... uh, Is there a reason why she did it? I I think the reason why she does it is because she knows it was important to us and she's found its importance in her life at 21. Mm -hmm. I I just hope that can translate to the rest of it. Yeah, I think it's also important to note that, um, because I have, I have a 19 year old in college and um, at this point he's not interested in going to church and um, partly probably because his mom isn't there to say get up out of bed it's time to go to mass Mm -hmm. you know Um, he hasn't accepted that internally yet that this is something that he needs Um, do I think that that will never happen no I just think it happens at different times for different people Um, for me the challenge is how can I live my life in a way that intrigues him enough to turn him in that direction. Right, and you see, and it could be boys and girls too, you know, as parents watching them grow up, you know there's such a difference between the two. And 
And now I'm looking at my 17-year-old now. He'll be going to college in another year and a half, and it'll be interesting to watch him and have, you know, and, and I'll be able to try to compare these to, okay, what do we do? What, as domestic church, you know, that's what I was reflecting on, on last night, is are we doing the right things to empower my young children to make the right choices? That I don't that I don't lord over them that, but I teach them enough that they know to make the right choices and what to do. And I think it's more it it has more to do than just going to mass on Sundays. Right. Um, you know, if if that's where we're at, where we're we're dragging our kids to mass on Sundays, and I personally argue with mine about what they're going to wear. Um, you know, if that's all your faith is, or if that's all the faith that we're um, displaying or showing to our kids, then we need to take. A, a really good look inward, and I think for me that's that's one of the issues that that I wrestle with. Um, is I am I struggle with the ev- evangelization part of of my calling. Um, it's good for me to have this great relationship with God, and He and I converse every day. Um, I'm a little um, hesitant to express that outwardly because it. It makes you vulnerable, and it and it puts you out there for persecution, and it happens. Right, and it, but it's still, and, and the Pew Research that it shows that we have to step up to the plate. Exactly. I mean, and that's and that's kind of like what I was telling this group this last weekend is we got to step up to the plate here. I mean, we just, in a sense that we have sat back to to be politically correct for so long that at some point in time we have to be able to say, you know what, I believe in what I believe in. I believe in my faith. And this is why I do. Um, we're we're ready to do that in the political atmosphere. I mean, there's there's I've run into enough conservative and liberals and the political atmosphere within the church that are telling me exactly what they're going to vote and telling me how I should vote. Why can't I tell those same people within my faith and within my beliefs? I say, you know what, country is one thing, but your faith in God is above all. Yeah. And what are you mm-hmm. doing there? You know, they say it's it's one country under God. It's not one. One God under a country, and and we have to understand in this world, even though it's in this capitalistic society and this very self-serving society that wants to hear what it wants to hear, that we have to start talking about what God wants you to hear, what the what the church is calling us forward to, and I think that's the the selling marketing area. When I see both the, liber- the, the how that research is going, I'm going, you know what? We have to be a better at giving that signpost of our Catholic faith to help give people direction in life. And and I, Chris, at one time you had said, told me that um, we are charged with creating islands of faith, and those islands of faith are our families. It starts with our families. Right. Um, I think as adults, it's important that we know our faith yep. and that we understand the teachings and why the church teaches what they do and where that comes from um, so that we can pass it not only on to our children and be good examples for our children, but when we do go out on the street and we do um, run into people who have questions, because um, in my experience, it is uh, people are very willing to challenge you when you say that you're Catholic. They're, they're very, they're, they're, there's no hesitation in saying, why do you believe this and what do you do this? And I think in a way it's, it's intriguing to me because they're intrigued. They want to know, you know, what's the big deal about being Catholic? So I think that's a good thing. I think that's a, sailing, a selling yeah. point. What, what is the big deal? But 
if we can't defend our faith, if we can't explain our faith to others, um, then that puts us in shallow water, and it and it makes it um, it doesn't express the pure depth of our faith. I find it interesting that I've gotten in situations where. I, 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 where they want me almost to apologize for being Catholic. And, I, and at the moment that I f- firmly re- finally realized that, you know what, I don't have to apologize to this. Okay, tell me. You know, and I look them straight in the face. Tell me what you think. Tell me why you think what you think about my faith. And start saying, I'm not apologetic for anything that I believe in. Um, that then changes. Then that changes the conversation. And, right. and, I, and, and I often said to a, a nice... Uh, wonderful biblical evangelic person that says, you know, once I help more Catholics understand Scripture and how we look at Scripture and how we read Scripture, you're going to have less of a leg to stand on. I said, because we're right. (laughs) (laughs) She laughed. I mean, she was laughing about it, everything like that. But the reality is, is that she understood where I was coming from. I said, we're based biblical. We're biblical based. We wrote the darn thing. I said... So I said, it's, it's really, we really have to empower the people in that understanding that, that they have to not be apologetic. You know, and I think there, in the past and recent history, there, there are some mistakes that the Catholic Church made um, as far as the, Catholic the Church doesn't make mistakes, sex either. abuse scandal and, and some things as far as um, formation of seminarians and, and the way that was, was all handled. I think for, for the past couple of decades, we've been walking around as Catholics with our heads down, um, and I think it's time to put our heads back up and say, you know, we, we, are, we are doing good things, we're proud of our faith. We, our, our social ills right. um, have hurt us to be able to stand up and defend our, the truths within the church. Correct. And, and there are human frailties that have hit us so hard. But I, I still don't look at that as a way to back away from the conversation. I, and it, somehow the people have to be empowered in that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, with that, I, obviously there's a real impact and there's scandal because of failings like the sex abuse scandal. At the same time, though, I think it's important that we recognize that when we're challenged, intellectually, it's pretty easy to dismiss that as an argument against the church. Mm-hmm. Because the fact that we're, I mean, we, yes, there are sinners, even horrible sinners in the church. Unfortunately, I mean, I'm, that's not a good thing, but it, but it, there's sinners everywhere. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And but so the, the fact that people have, have done horrible things who are also members of the church or even leaders in the church mm-hmm. is not an argument against the truth of the church any more than, I mean, the fact that, you know, maybe my math teacher wasn't such a great guy or I something he was but uh, <laughs> but that didn't mean that his, that didn't, that wouldn't have meant that his that what he was telling me teaching me math was erroneous mm-hmm. right and, and even more we the catholic church teaches the truth not because of the holiness of her leaders but because of the holiness of the holy spirit mm-hmm. and and that's and, and we it's i mean it's that's yeah. it in a nutshell yeah so yeah that's so it. i i think we while we have to acknowledge the reality and the depth of the sin that happened and acknowledge the impact that that does have, the scandal, at the same time, we should never, to me, have cowered, um, expressed you know, sorrow and, and prayed for certainly victims, but also perpetrators, um, 
but but we should never, to me, have, have at least overly cowered. I mean, it, it, beyond mm-hmm. the humility of, of recognizing what happened. So, is this new sale a new new sales issue? I mean, we're talking about the truths of the church and everything like that. So, is it a, a new sales issue that we have going on here as to why we're losing people? I you know I think in the article I think looking into those numbers I think it's such a broad scale of why certain percentages of people are moving different directions. The other thing that I found puzzling to me, and maybe it has nothing to do with it, but, um, you know, I don't know what they're, I don't know where they're doing their comparison, if they're comparing all churches within this time frame or past to present, you know, I'm not sure um, the data behind the information, but um, our, our family sizes are smaller than they used to be. Especially in the non-Hispanic Therefore, what though? Well, because we're going to have smaller numbers because we don't have as many children as we used but to. But they're have. talking about the percentage of people leaving. Okay. Well, ac- well, numbers of people le- actually numbers of people leaving, um, because we're the largest uh, Christian body in in the United States. Even even though percentage wise we might be comparable, the, the actual numbers we're losing a lot of Catholics to others. So then is it, then do you believe it's a sales issue and what's the answer to that? Well, yes, I believe it's a sales issue, but it goes, okay, there there are a few, I don't think there's, I don't know that there's, well, there's not one issue beyond like the basics, like we need to be praying more and, you know, in terms of concretely, what do we do? I don't think that there's one answer. Um, I think, as you said, Renee, that it's important that we as adults know our faith. Um, But, one thing that st- has been sort of paramount in my mind for quite some time now is the way that we, for those of us who are adults and we're involved, I think it's important that we make it clear to our kids, to our friends, to our family, not necessarily by words, but how we do it, make it clear that this is more than just the lions or the rotary, you know, because I think that's part of it. You know, I'm, you know, well, you know, Kevin and or Renee, you know, they're really, you know, they're really into the Catholic Church. Oh, I'm really into the night, or not the nights, that'd be Catholic too. And just, it's and a the hobby. Lions. It's a hobby. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, I'm really into whatever. At charitable organizations, even. I mean, the Red Cross, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know or the Salvation Army. Oh, that's kind of like a church. But... It's more than it is. It is a <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to say Shriners. earlier. I was going to actually get the Masons, but we could. But the Catholic, a church, the Catholic Church, is different than that. So I think it's important that we, you know, I'm not just into this because it's a, a voluntary organization or a charitable organization that does a lot of good for people. It certainly does, but the church is much more than that. And I think sometimes when I when I hear you know people who are maybe active in the way they talk about it, and then they struggle with the fact that maybe their kids or their family members aren't, I think that there's something there with the way they talk about it. Their language indicates, and not that this is what they really think, but the language implies that this is a just an organization that does a lot of good things. But if it's one organization that does a lot of good things, why I might pick another organization that does a lot of good things. So the importance, and this is really coming to its head now, with it's the importance of Jesus Christ. The church is the body of Christ. And so I think the importance of showing how I'm Catholic because of Jesus Christ. And, and you know, I mean, there's all sorts of ways you can go with that. But I think that's one thing that we need to do. And 
And that very much flows with evangelization. Um, we do need, Kevin, you, we, I think we do need to step up. It's not just Father's job or Bishop's job or the Pope's job or Sister's job. We're all called to evangelize. And that might be just by living out our, our faith. But again, making it clear that we're living out our faith in the church, in Christ, and not just it's, my participation. It's, in yeah, it's not, it's not attendance in a building. It's a relationship. Right. right. But at the same time, the institution of the church is truth. And and that's where we have a It's not that social organization. It is the center of our truth, and our and and there is that Americanization that is just a social club. I agree right. completely with that. And we as as Catholics who understand that need to continue to express that when you hear it because you can hear it in the nuances of the language right. within the Knights Columbus meetings or altar societies or youth groups or something like that. You can hear them nuancing that this is, why aren't we doing more social activity or why are we, you mm-hmm. know. Entertainment. It's, it's more than that. or the entertain, There's more to it than that. And, the, and to approach and to, to catechize our own mm-hmm. to understand that it's, it's a greater is that there's something greater here, or there's something bigger here than just the social aspect of it. Right. Um, but, and then I think that's, but there is a site, we do have to advertise more. We do have to get out there right. and, and, um, and it's got to be a personal approach. Yep. Um, and uh, it's, it's going to be a challenge for our faith. I really think the numbers are so varied, though, that it's, it's, I think it's got to start at home still, you know. It's got to start within the homes. I agree. I, I, I think it goes back to families. I think it goes back to, um, you know, the parents are the primary educators right. for their children. But, are, you know, are our parents, are our adults educated enough to do the job? I mean, and it doesn't negate me from the time that I was at the doctor's office and the woman, the woman said to me, she goes, she, uh, something comment. I says, no, where do you where, where do you work? I said, I work for the Catholic Church. She goes, oh, I used to be one of those, and and I remember just saying to her, so, well, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I didn't know what really, but I wanted to plant something in her brain that, that understood that that she lost something. She lost something out there, and I think it's up to us as Catholics who understand our faith and believe in our faith to plant the seeds within the minds of those who have walked out the left or the right door and and say, you missed something. Remind them what they're Remind missing. Remind them that they right. that the truth is still here. And and be manifesting it. I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be words, but also not just words, but how we live it. How we live it. Mm-hmm. The words will be lost if, if it's not uh, evidenced by... Action. Action. Mm-hmm. Right, right. right. Uh, that's why you know, I'm... Next week, on the, on the 16th in the diocese, uh, starting the Lent series for the Bishop Martin Marty Institute for the New Evangelization. And that's really a big part of that is trying to understand understand what we believe and why I believe, how it matters to my life, but then how to talk about it gently, or at least how we can share it with others. Uh, because it's, it's not easy for us as Catholics to do. Um, that's the other thing this article makes. It, we just, we're not comfortable talking about our faith. And I think that's sad. I think that's sad because it's, um, it should be a, a living, breathing relationship that that you have, and yeah. so. Um, I mean, if you're, well, you're if you're in love with somebody, you want to tell other people about it. Exactly. Right, but you know, we're also dealing with 
I've shared this story before about when I was a kid in grade school, I remember my dad talking to the priest and saying, Father, we need to get new catechisms. And the priest said to him, says, well, the new catechism isn't out yet. The church hasn't approved it yet. So we'll just use the old Baltimore catechism. And, you know, it wasn't until 1993 and I was a grown man working for the church that the new catechism came out. Right. So there's at least three to four generations that weren't raised on catechetical understanding. And I think that has a lot to do with the ineptness or, or the lack of um, confidence in, in our in generations of parents because they were taught God is love. Right. You know, well, he and, is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I mean, that's true, and there's a truth to that. What does that but mean, it, though? Yeah, and it, it really, we, we've given our poor parents, you know, well, let school do it, or let the church do mm-hmm. it, because I don't know. You've asked well, me and, this question. And to be, you know, I, I just, this just occurred to me recently. To be fair to parents, okay, so go back when there was still the quote-unquote Catholic ghetto. What did, where did Catholics, where did Catholic kids go for school? Mm-hmm. Catholic schools. Where did they learn um, what the church teaches in Catholic schools? The ghetto falls apart or is torn down or whatever happened to the ghetto. They all moved to the suburbs. They moved to the suburbs. Um, Catholic school, what wasn't, I mean, not as many kids were going to Catholic school. They're going to public schools more now. And now parishes have to create Whereas before, their schools handled it. Now the parish needs to create a religious education program, a catechetical program. Right. And, and, and it's, but parents still, I think, had the same mentality they did when they were growing up. You know, you just send your kids yeah. off to the institution. School before, now the parish. But that doesn't work anymore because we don't have the cultural support around us that we once did. Exactly. I think there's a, it's a, it is a paradigm shift for the faith over these past 50 years. Yeah, and I think it's going to be powerful for the church as we emerge out of out of this time that it will be a solid um, the household, the domestic church. Because anything you read when it deals with family or deals with vocations, I mean, even Pastor Gustavus Vobus talks about the domestic church and the importance of that in the first. Even the what? The domestic church. No, no, the pastoris the, davos vobis. Pastoral, pastoris davos vobis. Pastoris davos vobis, which yes, is what? With, I will give you shepherds, which is uh, which is is an encyclical by uh, John Paul II okay. on vocations. Not an encyclical, but go ahead. Yes. Was, was it, a, uh, exhortation? it was an exhortation? It's an exhortation. I'm sorry. I'm, Brett Bergwald, you, you never just can do blew that. me out of the water. I know. <laughs> I saw, Kevin's I saw, breaking out his Latin here. I, I'm terrible at it too. So I you <laughs> sing right, it, but I won't do it. I came right. <laughs> what? <laughs> but within there, the whole first part of it is on the domestic church, yeah. and the first seminary is the home. Mm-hmm. And it is, and and it was so important because when I was working in vocations work, that was my whole right. talks. That was my talks to families and everything like that. And it is, it's consistent within all of the church in all the teaching, and that's where we have to focus: is the family, the household, and that. We need to continue. Right now, we're in that triage time of educating the adults. We have to continue to work with the young people, and not in the institution, institutional form, but but in all our ministries and all our work to, to plant the seeds of our faith beliefs. And I think once we do that, in understanding Scripture, how to interpret Scripture, how to how to talk about things, how to talk about faith, how to about how to a true presence and the importance of that. And, that will and come. It, it will come, and we will slowly work back right. to, to uh, you know, those numbers, I would hope, in another 10 years, show a difference. 
uh, then we really need to look at what we're doing. Right. Renee, any final thoughts? Just keep the faith. Okay. Okay. How about something beyond platitudes? <laughs> I'm giving up Facebook for Lent, so which is, I just. I, that's I, your I final know, thought. Just, that's my I'm final thought. I'm giving up Facebook. It's been driving me nuts. You. <laughs> Nothing. Final thoughts. Yeah. Final oh. thoughts. I think we have some work cut out for us. Yes. Um, but I don't think all hope is lost. No. And it's definitely it worth be. the journey. I was, and I was pleasantly surprised by their article. I mean, I was happy with their article. When I got through with it, I said, hmm, geez, we must be doing something right. And I think that's, I, I think that was my takeaway from the numbers leaving and going and, and everything. We need to be a constant message. The church needs to be a solid signpost, not waving with the political agendas. Um, and I think that's what we saw, what you see in numbers. Yeah, you can't change and, to to please society. Right. The church is what it is. And and, and ultimately, the the church. W- that's going back to the relevance thing. Um, once you get beneath the superficials, the church does speak to society, or what the church has to offer is what society ultimately, what people ultimately want. want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, great. Well, thank you guys once again for helping out. Otherwise, I'd just be in here talking by myself. <laughs> that's not any fun at all for me or no, it's, the it's a joy. It's it's fun. Renee and I look at each other and say, "Okay, what are you gonna say?" <laughs> so. I'm always a little nervous about what's gonna come from Kevin. I know I'm keeping a lid on it for me, I but think everybody is always nervous what's gonna come from Kevin. So, anyway, thank oh, you once yeah. again for listening. Have a holy and blessed Lent, and we will talk to you again next week. <laughs>